Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. We are continuing with our Easter podcast series where we're asking people, what does resurrection look like? And we have an incredible episode this week. Uh, I am sitting down with Nicole Hahnemann. Nicole is a young adult who participates in a lot of different things here at Bethany. And Nicole's got a great story and some really great insights, some really practical insights about this idea of resurrection and where she has seen it in her life and some of the work that she's done over the years. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. As always, thank you for listening. You can share the link to this episode on social media. That's a really great way to let other people know about the podcast and to get the word out. We really appreciate it. You can also hop onto the iTunes store and just leave a review or a rating for the podcast. All of this helps other people uh, find this podcast and allows us to keep going with it. We're really excited uh, about the renewed audience and everyone who's been joining in. But now I'm going to uh, turn over to Nicole and I as we have a conversation about what resurrection looks like. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you're listening today. I am sitting down with Nicole Hahnemann. Nicole is an all-star young adult here at Bethany. She plays for uh, Joyful Jammin' on Wednesday nights. She was a confirmation mentor, but also Nicole has some really cool stories to share um, she is a private wealth associate at a local investment finance company. That's what keeps her busy during the day. And Nicole, welcome. Hey. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm super glad that you're here and on this podcast. Nicole and I have had a lot of really fun, great discussions um, in recent memory about all sorts of things, particularly the Enneagram. There's old podcasts if you want to listen to those. Check Nicole and I will be happy to talk with you about it. But we're not going to get into the Enneagram today, although we might. We'll see. <laughs> um, but we are asking all Easter long, what does resurrection look like? And so, Nicole, I'm just going to start it off by posing that question to you. When I ask you that, what does resurrection look like? Where does your mind go? Yeah, absolutely. I think when everyone, especially growing up in the church, thinks of resurrection, they quite literally think of Jesus coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty magical. But as far as bringing that into real life, it's kind of a hard concept to grasp. Yeah. And especially I feel like I personally definitely don't have a super deep theological understanding of what that is but I think in my life what has what I would define as resurrection is like the understanding of truly believing in radical radical grace that is not only given to you by Mm. you know your relationship with God and the death of Jesus death and resurrection of Jesus but also you having that grace for yourself and then being able to extend it to others so that kind of three path of grace to me is resurrection oh I love that because so I mean Let's like getting into the the nitty gritty with the words. Resurrection has this idea of like something that's dead coming alive again, mm-hmm. and I really love how you've done that in talking about grace in this way of you personally coming alive again, extending that new life to others in real tangible ways. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I mean, where did you kind of come up with that concept? Is this something you've been working on for a while? <laughs> well, you did ask me last week what what's going to be about resurrection. So for a week. Um, but I mean, I mean, none of us have died and come back to life. So I was just kind of thinking about this. And I, I really think probably when I was maybe a junior in college, went to a Christian college, as you know, yep. really started to understand what grace means. And when I started to feel that, that just brought so much new life in self-forgiveness. Yeah. And not being so tied to things of your past, tied to people's ideas of you, and just having that free, that free new life. Kind of just like the room and the dirt to grow 
Mm, the room and the dirt to grow. That's a good line. But I, I love, too, the way, like, describing it in this way, not only does it allow us to see that resurrection is still happening in our life, mm-hmm. but it also allows us to be honest about, like, the, the deaths that we experience. And I think that's really helpful at times, too, to say, like, yeah, like, the loss of a friendship is its own little death right. in a way. You know, the loss of a relationship um, something that you're holding on to, you're, you know, like this guilt that weighs you down. That's a little death in and of itself. Right. And God can free us from that and right. move us beyond it. That's what grace is all about. Right. So is there anything in particular, if you wanted to share, that happened like in college that kind of helped us come about? Was it your classes? Was it yeah. something with friends? Uh, here we go. We come back to the Enneagram. <laughs> yes. And we got there. <laughs> it only took three minutes. That's perfect. <laughs> Kind of discovering that and just really, because I would say that my biggest grace that I need to have for myself that brought resurrection into my life now is the the grace to not be afraid to fail for other people. Yeah. Like the disappointment. Uh-huh. I feel like was my constant death of like, if I don't perform, if I don't do these things, I'm going to be a disappointment. And that was just that that was my burial like that was yeah that was killing you yes yeah so when I realized you know personality wise that that was something I was doing because I couldn't I didn't even know that I was doing that until I really kind of discovered the Enneagram and so once I could bring that and make that part of my faith life and part of my conversation with God then there was freedom from that yeah yeah, that's amazing. I mean, the, the Enneagram is this awesome tool that can allow you to see some of your negative patterns in life. But I love how you're describing how recognizing those patterns also allowed you to reframe what you've been told your whole life, mm-hmm. right? Like you grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure people told you that Jesus rose from the dead and that resurrection is something that lives in you, blah, blah, blah. Grace, you know, saved by grace through faith. We hear those words all the time. But to actually own it and feel it and recognize how it is applicable to your life that's the life-giving piece. Then it's right. not just words. Right. Then it's something that lives in your heart that really, really matters. Right. That's cool. So, I mean, do you still find yourself, um, right? Like, this is all a, a daily eternal struggle, right? We're, we're, I'm sure you still, I, I, in fact, I know you texted me last week. 100%. About how, you, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> about how you're struggling, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, living up to the expectations of others. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Every day. Um, so then... But where does, like, God's grace fit into that? Give us some specifics with it of how you kind of understand that working Mm. when you find yourself in those moments of taking things really seriously. Right. I think it's it's realizing that, because honestly, when I feel like I'm disappointing other people, even in these worldly things, like whether it's at work or with my family or anything, I feel like I'm disappointing God. And there has to be the separation in between that. So I think like realizing that I'm not disappointing God, that like, even if I, you know, did something that the church or culture or anything would describe as like wrong or unsuccessful, that God doesn't see me that way. Right. And it doesn't matter. Let's say I did disappoint everyone I know in my physical life. Like that stuff doesn't matter to God. Yeah, exactly. That we are loved and beloved by God. Um, despite what we do, despite our mistakes, but just because of who we are. That's a great separation. I really love that. Quite literally expects us to fail. Like that's (laughs) why the resurrection happened. So just being like, okay, look, you already knew this was going to happen. Like now I can move on from it. We're cool. Yeah. Thank God, you know. (laughs) Exactly. No, and I like that. That's a really important distinction and separation, I think, too, of 
earthly standards, right? The pressures that the world puts upon us. Mm-hmm. Um, and those have their own place within life. You know, it gets us out of bed in the morning, I'm sure. But to recognize that God's standards is always different. Right. And that, yeah, that when you're disappointing, when you fail in work or wherever else, that sucks. Right. Right. But ultimately, there's a higher authority that says you are still loved. You right. are still worthy. You are right. still good. And also realizing that we need, like, I need grace in the everyday from God. Like, because I feel like you think, oh, I need grace if I, like, really messed up. Like, if I murdered someone or something crazy, yeah. you know. But when you're not doing things that are, like, culturally, like, wrong in a sense, it's easy to feel like I don't need grace. Grace is for other people. But then realizing that even in those small moments, even in those moments of putting success over God or mm. things like that, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you do need this grace. And like, that's an, like you said, it's an everyday battle. Yeah. And it's an everyday battle and it's an everyday opportunity mm-hmm. for living life differently. Right. But that's what also what I love about the way you describe this is that you are literally describing living by a different set of standards. Mm-hmm. You know, not getting pulled in to the ways that the world can completely destroy us. Right. But exactly. to live a life that Jesus would say is abundant and full and, and the way we were meant to live. Like, that's the opportunity of this grace and this resurrection, too. Exactly. Cool. Beautiful. Oh. So, um, do you have stories, though? Like, just continuing playing with this idea of what does resurrection look like? Help us understand it with something kind of tangible. A real yeah. story. Yeah. yeah absolutely. What do you got? So I'm young, I'm 24, so don't have a ton of life experience, but outside of what I just talked about with the Enneagram in college and all of those things, where I have really witnessed true, true resurrection is in the life of my parents. Mm. And I think that's what's made my faith so strong. Even like I, theological knowledge, like biblical is low, but relationship with God personally has always been so high because of what I witness. So for background, my mom came from just the most awful things you could imagine like abuse of all kinds homeless never knew her dad and she is fine with me telling you these things like it's part of her story and she really owns it um and so watching her and my aunt too come from that and just these awful awful things um to where they are now and then my dad would say the same thing a little bit different you know military guy Mm. Quite literally, when I was growing up all the time, they would say, both of them would say, I shouldn't be alive right now. Like, this is because of God that I'm here. Mm. And it's because of God that we're married. And it's because of God that you're here. My mom had, was married multiple times, had five or six miscarriages, had me at 38, my brother at 40. Wow. So quite literally watching that, like, death. Yeah. Of And now that I'm older and she shares these stories, it's like, okay, you truly were, like, in the the pit and God brought you out of it and look at what you're doing now like look at how many she impacts so many people's lives in a positive way like was always involved in our school people love her kind of like a neighborhood icon yeah and came from this you would never know unbelievable yeah yeah and that's a real I mean you've 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 mentioned so much there just about terrible situations but God bringing them through and I love like they, they point to that again and again, that you grew up in this environment. And, and I like how you said it too, like my relationship with God has always been close because you were steeped in this understanding. Right. Just like, yeah, all of this is a miracle. All of this is a gift. And wow, that's beautiful. So, I mean, for, for you kind of growing up in that whole environment, did it help you see and understand and put life in perspective, do you feel like in some ways? Yeah. And, and like yeah. kind of understanding 
and like to help us and help the listeners too sort of understand how you would process something that's difficult like these little deaths that you faced i'm sure right all through right if you went through middle school life was probably <laughs> yeah. terrible braces and glasses <laughs> and <laughs> all of the above no but also like conflict with friends yeah. and i'm sure a ton of disappointments along the way too mm-hmm. uh, i mean like do you feel like you're learning from your parents experience also helped you to better handle those disappointments struggles little deaths as i've been calling them a hundred percent a hundred percent and the, they always you know preached at me you know if you're doing your best like that is what you can do like yeah. just always do your best always do your best and i think coming from a spot because of the resurrection that was given to my parents i grew up in a like what i would consider a pretty privileged lifestyle mm. so i didn't have that experience to to compare like oh well i've been here and this was worse so this is better but i in in a third party manner knew how bad it could be yeah and was able to recognize yeah. like okay i'm not in that spot and that's where my parents came from i'm here so like this this doesn't even compare so it was, it was a little bit easier to put things in perspective not take the little death so seriously and really see like the big the yeah big no, that's, I mean, what's really cool, I'm thinking about it in this way too, uh, given your finance background, right? Like resurrection has a compound interest component to it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right? Generational. Yeah. Generational. Generational. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing to think about that too, of when we can own and claim and recognize God's power breaking in, God's grace breaking into our life and share that with others. Mm-hmm. It has generational effect, like you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like that you're parents experience dramatically affects who you are today mm-hmm. and how you understand all this today. hundred percent. Wow. That's awesome. Well, so the other piece that I did want to kind of chat with you about, um, is my portfolio. No, um, <laughs> we'll <talk later. laughs> um, but I know you also, um, you spent time working at Sky Ranch mm-hmm. Lutheran Bible camp up North here. And, um, I'm sure I, I worked at a Bible camp too. Love, Love the it. camping Love experience. <laughs> But do you have any stories um, of resurrection just from stuff you saw at camp? Yeah, 100%. I watched, so I worked on staff for two summers. Feel like I'm still employed by Sky Ranch because I work for them (laughs) sometimes in the off season doing some stuff, which I I love, is truly life-giving. Saw a lot of transformation in staff as I was up there, as you Mm -hmm, do mm -hmm. at camp. Um, which was really cool to see, you know, everyone is college age, you're on a mountain where there's no cell service and you're up there for three months. So there, there was a lot of personal transformation that I saw up there, but a really good tangible story is Sky Ranch went through two huge fires, uh, wildfires. And one was really recent in 2020. And I kind of had a little bit of death and resurrection with this. And so when I went up the first time after the fire, I was in tears, um, with, who was the executive director and was just like, camp is not going to be the same. Like it looks different now. And I'm sad because it's changing. But then the more time I spent there. So there was a spot that I had particularly loved that was covered in trees. These trees are gone now. And actually some people throughout the summer, a lot of people from rainbow trail, um, Lutheran camp came and they made what was these tree kind of area that I loved into a path along a stream mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even know was there because it was covered in trees. And so it was kind of just a, a, a good physical reminder that like there was quite literally death, like it burned yeah. <laughs> and now it's, it's a new space for new people to come and new people to make memories and is still 
just as special, even though it has died and come back in a new way. That's really cool. That uh, I love that. I mean, I was up there last summer too and was able to see, you know, a lot of the destruction and the the burned out, you know, just acres and acres of land in different places. But but related to that too, one of the most beautiful things I saw is that there at one of the outdoor chapels there's this like baptismal font mm-hmm. that was like a burned tree but now is a baptismal font which yeah. is just like there's some really great imagery there of recognizing right. that yeah our hope is always the Christian faith is always a sense that from death comes life right. and and yeah and Sky Ranch despite literally almost burning to the ground is now back they had a great summer last summer really exciting things moving forward there this summer um, and yeah, and the ways that things are changed, like you said too, mm-hmm. it, it's not the same. It's not what was old, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, it's it's not the exact place that you knew and remember, and yet God's doing a new thing, and that's really good. Right. And really powerful, and right. people's lives will be transformed by that space, mm-hmm. um, even though there's no trees there anymore for you. Right. <laughs> so, um, wow, you've given us a ton to think about, Nicole. This is really great stuff. I mean, anything else that you would want to say, just for, especially for our listeners who who are going through life, right? Like. Nine to five jobs, washing dishes, <laughs> you know, who, who knows yes. what's all, you know, the, the, the mundane pieces of life. But for you too, like you, you've got a lot on your plate, but where do you find these reminders of resurrection as you just kind of go through the day to day? Oh my gosh, nature, huge. Awesome. You know, you look outside your window while you're washing the dishes, you see a little flower coming out of the ground and you're like, wow, like this is resurrection. Like these are the peaceful like moments that kind of take us outside of ourselves. So like just taking a moment to stop and pause and look at really what's around you instead of having the tunnel vision, yeah. you know, of yeah. I'm, I'm at work and this sucks or, you know, I'm just doing kind of flowing by the motions, but like taking a second to pause, notice everything outside. And I think acknowledging your stories and hearing the stories of others too is a great way to do that. Just a great humbling reminder to check out of ourselves and realize how we fit into the to the world as a whole especially as a faith community you know very intertwined and have a lot to offer so i would just yeah. encourage people that you have a lot to offer and could change someone's life well and i love how i can hear in the way you describe that too uh, th- these pieces of your upbringing because it seems like your parents were really good at zooming out a lot mm-hmm. and i'm sure there were still frustrating things and things that didn't go their way but they always had this context of like, no, like God's brought me through so much already. And so I can be grateful for exactly. it. And I think that right, that really is the ticket is that we can become so, yeah, so tunnel vision, like you said, on just, yeah, it's really annoying that that person cut you off in traffic. And yet, like, look up and you'll see the mountains. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. on Hampton <laughs> Avenue or something else that, yeah, these little reminders of the resurrection are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned in nature. That was the other piece I just wanted to pick up on. It's really beautiful that this rhythm of death and rebirth and new life is what we live through every year. Yeah. I, I'm, I love the seasons. Um, that's a whole nother podcast about like my nerdy things that I do to try and recognize the different moments and flavors. So I'll interview you about the yeah. seasons. <laughs> Please, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot to say. Um, but I just, I love, I think that's so important to recognize that like these things, these big ideas about who God is and how God works that we talk about all the time, like we see it just in the way we have to live through the world. Like right. you said, flowers are, are budding right now. You know, the, the death of winter has given way to the rebirth of spring and we'll go through this cycle all over right. again. The visual learning, that's definitely yeah. me, you know? <laughs> yes. You can see it. Just 
look outside for a minute, yeah. Perfect. Uh, well, Nicole, you are wise beyond your years. You have such a great spirit, and I really appreciate you sharing, yeah, just a part of your story with us and these incredible insights, just such a practical view of all of this. And to you, dear listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Together for Good podcast once again. Uh, please share this with family and friends. We really love seeing this grow, and we appreciate your time with us. Stay in peace, everyone.